Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection, taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post-high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith, and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions in pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite-sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. This week, we're going to pick up where we left off last week by talking more about college credit in high school. Specifically, this week, we're going to talk about common pitfalls that I see parents and students falling into as they're making decisions about dual credit, IB credit, AP credit, etc. So those three pitfalls that I'm going to highlight today are misunderstanding college degree requirements, making decisions about taking their foundational major courses in high school. And then I'm going to talk specifically to parents of students who want to go the pre-med route and talk about some of the dynamic there. So first of all, misunderstanding college degree requirements. We talked a couple weeks ago about the importance of using the catalog and understanding college and university catalogs. If you understand how to access and how to use a university catalog, you're going to avoid making mistakes based on misunderstanding degree requirements because it's the catalog that will walk you through all of that, or at least most of it. 
At the same time, you'll probably need to do a secondary search on the school's website to make sure that you're not missing any information that they just have online. So this would look like um, a list of AP courses and the scores required in order to get credit and then what courses they will come in for specifically at that school. Now the elephant in the room here is that in order to make these decisions accurately you need to know where your student is going to school. So if you're not sure about that just make the best decision you can with the information you have. So I would suggest Rather, you, you can't pin your student down and make them make a decision about where they're going to school, but maybe you can come up with their top five options uh, a little bit sooner rather than later. Understanding that, of course, all those things could change, but at least you have something to work with there. Even if you just become familiar enough with one school to make a good decision based on that one school, you can use a lot of what you learn there and apply it to other schools. It's not going to be a guaranteed transfer or a guaranteed credit fulfillment, but there is some consistency or some pattern, I should say, in every school. So for instance, just about any program at least that I've seen, any program, any university is probably going to require some kind of English composition credit. Well, if your student is taking AP English language and composition, chances are good, not not perfect, but chances are good that if they make a good score, so let's say a four or five on that exam, that they could very likely get credit for English composition no matter where they went. If they accept AP credit at all or dual credit at all, and some more elite universities may not. Now, take all that with a huge grain of salt because it really depends on the school. But if you don't know for sure where your student is going, it, that gives you at least something to expect or to, to aim for. Now, the next point I wanna cover is taking foundational major classes in high school because they're easy or especially because they're easy. So we'll we'll switch from AP to dual credit for this example here. Let's say that calculus is going to be required for your student's major and so you know that they struggle in math and that's not going to go well especially if they're taking it at a prestigious four-year institution. And so you have them take the calculus class at um, a community college. Well, it will likely be easy and that could be a great decision, but it could also be a very unwise decision, especially if they're going into a program like, say, engineering, which hopefully if they're going into engineering, they have some natural aptitude aptitude for math. And so this wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a scenario that would fit your student, but if they didn't like math, but they did want to go into engineering and you have them take that uh, calculus class just to get it done with, then that's not going to set them up very well to take the higher level math classes when they get to a university. Now, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking any dual credit. Doesn't mean that it's not necessarily a a good decision to have them take math. So let's flip the script a little bit and let's say your student is really good in math and they want to get ahead 
And so you have them take some math dual credit courses, knowing that even if there's a, a big learning curve when they switch from community college to a university, they'll be able to handle that learning curve. Well, as their parent, you can make that decision because you know them and you, know, you understand what their gifts are. So that's probably not a terrible situation. But I just see, I've seen a, this happen quite a bit that students think that taking a dual credit course in an area that they don't enjoy will allow them to get it done with and take an easier course than they would at a four-year institution, which is true often, not all the time, but often. Well, sometimes that can be a good idea if their major is not connected to the dual credit courses that they're trying to just get done. But if their major is somehow connected, so another example that that we could see is a student who wants to be pre-med but doesn't enjoy biology and so they're trying to get more likely they don't enjoy chemistry so they're trying to get chemistry done while they're in high school great except that they're going to take more chemistry when they're in college and and if they have those foundational chemistry classes coming in from some other source and potentially having taken them their sophomore or junior year of high school. That's a long time between when they took it and when they need to take it again. And it's not necessarily the best preparation for, say, organic chemistry at a university level. Just some things to think about. No hard and fast rules here. I just hope this helps you really consider uh, why you're making certain decisions about dual credit and AP credit and so forth. Now, specifically pre-med students, I feel like both of the examples that I use with calculus and with biology or chemistry, those really apply to pre-med students. Now, what makes pre-med interesting is that the strongly suggested courses or policies or even what we might say are requirements at certain universities are not necessarily based on the university itself and and their requirements and policies. It's based on what medical schools are looking for. So a great example of this is AP Bio. So a university might accept a four in AP Bio as credit for their first year of biology requirements for a pre-med student. However, they would most likely still recommend or even require that a student take those classes again at the university, not because they won't accept it, but because medical schools don't want to see AP bio. So this is really tricky because it could change at any point between when your student starts college and when they apply to medical school. That's a long time and a lot of time in which a medical school could change what it's looking for in its admission process. So right now, or at least the past few years, what we've seen is that medical schools don't want to see science classes coming from AP credit or dual credit while the student is in high school. So what universities have done as a response to this is strongly suggest even require we could say it's kind of a soft require, but we could say require that students repeat biology and chemistry when they get to the university as a freshman, even if technically they have credit coming in from high school. 
And the reason for this is not because they want to punish the student, not because they don't like the score, not because they don't think the student got the information that they need, but it's because medical schools have made a decision in the recent past that they don't accept or they don't give credit for AP science um, classes and, and dual credit science classes. Now, math can be a little bit more of a gray area. When I was at Baylor most recently, we would allow students to bring in calculus uh, through dual credit or AP credit with the understanding that medical schools would be okay with that. But the university I was working in previously in Colorado, we would have told the student to retake calculus at uh, their four-year institution. My personal preference is that the student repeat that as well, just to be super safe. But that is going to be up to the med school too. So this this gets really tricky for you as a parent helping them plan. Because if, let's say we're talking about a junior in high school, you'll not only do you need to know basically where they want to go to college, but you also need to start the process of talking about where do you want to go for med school so that you can start researching med school admission requirements. And fortunately, there's some resources out there. So I'm in Texas and there's a there's some consistency among Texas medical schools. And so online you can find almost like a database um, or or a consolidated resource that goes over everything required for Texas medical schools. I have found the Texas Medical and Dental Schools Application Services website really helpful. So it's TMDSAS, Texas Medical and Dental Schools Application Services. I would be willing to bet that pretty much every state has something similar to this, and it can really help cut down on your research time. Now, again, Every single medical school, just like every single college or university, has the right to be different. So you really need to research on the the actual school level, if at all possible. But if that's not possible, the overarching or umbrella website is pretty helpful. Another thing that's come up uh, specifically since COVID, or at least it came to my attention post-COVID, is that medical schools, some of them are not thrilled with online science classes. So you also need to keep that in mind. Some of them don't care or they'll accept some science classes online, but others not online. Uh, Some of them will accept calculus online, some of them won't. So it, it depends on the school, but that's another thing to keep in mind. And if you think about it, it makes sense, especially if it's a lab class. If you think about a student taking an online lab, compared to an in-person hands-on lab, that's got to be a different experience. So just one more thing to think through. If your student is doing online college courses at any point, be really careful that they're making good decisions. I am concerned that having your student take an online chemistry or biology course could at some point hurt their chances of getting admitted into a med school. That is a possibility. But if your student is paying attention to medical school requirements as they get closer to applying, worst case scenario there is that they would just repeat the course in person at their graduating institution. I know they don't want to do this and you don't want them to do this either. So it is, it's not a great situation, but it's better than having them not accepted into a medical school just because they have an online course that they were supposed to take in person. So 
none of this, again, none of this is black and white. There's a lot of nuance here. My goal is just to encourage you to research and do the best you can to get the information that you need rather than expecting that the process is just going to take care of itself because especially in this kind of situation, the process doesn't necessarily take care of itself and you really have to be smarter than the process, which I know that you are. So you're going to be fine. All right. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back next week talking more about college credit in high school and specifically diving a little bit deeper into making sure that you're choosing the right courses. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at callingandcollegiateconsulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student, but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan for their future.